You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And welcome to a review of AEW All Elite Wrestling's Fight for the Fallen. I am Ryan Nicey, and with me, as always, is Mikey Man Freddy. What up? Nice. Well, so cash, so cool. I had a big yawn. I'm sorry. Now you're good. I, there's ed- an editing can just cut it right out. <laughs> you're right. Um, so, how are you doing, Mikey? What were your thoughts on AEW Fight for the Fallen overall? Overall. It was fine. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. It was a good show. There was a lot of good wrestling, but there was uh, there was uh, a lot of production issues that kind of hindered the show a little bit. But that's expected, considering this is their third live show ever. You know? So I'm giving them, like, a little bit of leeway there, because they're getting used to this still. So they have time to recover. Yeah, I, I feel like... I'm I'm giving them also leeway in that regard when it comes to production. But uh, th- the leeway is getting smaller and smaller, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, with every show, if things don't, don't, don't start getting better, it's going to... But, like, their third live show, they're still, like, kind of getting on the ball here. They're still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So... Because what, presumably all they have left is All Out and then TV starts unless they want to do another show? Yeah. I think All Out is going to be much better production-wise because it's not free. So I think they'll try to put a lot more effort. Not not that they should put less effort into something that's free. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think because it's paid, it'll give them more of a incentive to do a better show. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it'll be a better quality because Double or Nothing wasn't that wasn't bad at all. Well, there was like small issues, but nothing like major. The buy-in was sloppy. The buy-in, I mean, yeah, but that was like the first ever AEW live thing, literally ever. So mm-hmm. I think that gets a little bit of a pass. But overall, Double or Nothing was a good show. Fighter Fest was solid production-wise. Yeah, I think there was like some things in buy-in. They vaguely remember. Um, there were like some like the camera missed camera shots and stuff. Yeah, there were a few things. There was also some like the tag matches. They missed some spots, but it was the Lucha Bros Young Bucks. So what are, what's going to happen? It's going to be hard to get every spot. They're going like this, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but this one was a little bit of a shit show <coughs> in terms of production. That's a, I feel like that's semi a hot take there. Uh, there was there was a lot that I have that I took issue with. So so I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what exactly I know we're talking about like production issues right off the bat, but it it's something I mean both you and I and Mikey have worked in production. Yeah. So it's something that you know I feel like not to say it annoys us more, but when we see something that's bad, it stands out glaringly stands out yeah for sure we i feel like we definitely notice stuff that maybe some not that some norm like average viewers who are who haven't like studied this for four years like we have uh Mm -hmm. would really like see or notice yeah but we're better than normies is what you're saying (laughs) no (laughs) i'm just saying we have more of an eye for it because we have been behind the scenes before so we know what we're looking out for Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to remember, what were the production issues regarding Fight for the Fallen? Of course, there was the the infamous uh, delayed and uh, apparent subtitles in the buy-in. There was the yeah, there was those in the buy-in. Uh, there was the ending where the young bucks are trying to cut a promo. I don't know what was happening there. I was like, "Fucking!" And like, then they just started sorry? doing the check present presentation. Uh, Jr. was the. Are we clear? Yeah, there was there was some also. Of that. Holy crap. I hope their healthcare plan is good because I really bet Excalibur's back hurts from carrying that show. <laughs> I, I I'll be honest, I think I think they're the, the three of them are getting better since Double or Nothing. I think they've gotten better. There was a little bit more it was a little bit warmer than last time. I still think JR needs to you know he needs JR to... needs to get excited about Mm-hmm. the rest of the roster i feel like i feel like he only cares Excalibur about and golden boy were still the best yeah i feel like jr cares about like a handful of the roster and it's like jericho omega the bucks and that's what he's most excited but the rest of the roster his it all sounds very dull what i which is what excalibur is for for almost yeah um, I've been noticing in a lot of AEW stuff is that when big spots happen or big moments, they don't really like get into it like I expect them to. Like Excalibur does like here and there, but sometimes I'm like, wow, that was crazy. Why didn't anybody say anything? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Jr. is getting there. He's warming up to the other commentary guys, which is like for him, I feel like it's going to take a while. Alex Marvez, to me, actually did better than he did at Double or Nothing. I mean, I still kind of would just rather him. Yeah, yeah. I would, I, yeah, I would rather have him gone. I would rather have Alex Marvez doing, um, you know, Alex Marvez hosting, like... Doing, like, back, doing like backstage interviews or something. No, I would like Alex Marvez to do, during the buy-in, a sort of, like, stats preview show for the rest of the main card he for sure is knowledgeable yes he's knowledgeable and he knows a lot of things and obviously they're using him to like plug stuff which is fine because he's better at plugging things than excalibur is excalibur every once in a while looks very awkward when he's talking especially when the camera's on him uh-huh um but uh, uh alex marvez i would love if he just like they just like separated him 
if it was like Excalibur and Golden Boy during the buy-in and they're the main, you know, main guys, then JR comes in. Um, but then uh, Alex Marvez during the buy-in is basically like a stats preview show for the rest of the card to get you excited sports-wise for the rest of the main card. Then he can just do some backstage commentary stuff. Not backstage commentary, but he, what he's, he's like the tail of the tape guy in the beginning. Yes, I want him to be the tail of the tape guy. And then I think I think during the show he'd be a good like post match interview kind of guy also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but commentary he just doesn't have uh, the timing or the he's missing for something. It. He's missing yeah. something. I think it's a, I think it's there's no it doesn't sound like he has any passion for it. You know, like he's not like like he's very knowledgeable, but he, like you don't hear that there's no excitement in him. I feel like. Yeah, he'll come in with like crazy numbers and stats, like what time the li- local library opens and closes. Yeah, right. He's like, yeah, it opens at ten a.m. I hear they were there all day. It's like, wow, thank you for that, because that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, but it's just like he needs to. I, that's what I, that's what I want him to transition into is to doing a preview show. And granted, as I and you know know doing system check that uh, doing a stats preview show is sort of difficult when the stats are just from now three shows yeah you don't have it'll have a lot of stats there are some stats to look at which i find very interesting but uh you know you still gotta find them mm-hmm. like you know do you know that the weakest finisher in this entire roster is shima's meteora which just got weakened significantly last night because he hit like 90 of them and kayo mega kicked out Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is 33% on hitting the Meteora successfully and pinning his opponent. Yikes. Yeah. And then fall, and then after that is Cody's Crossroads, which <laughs> is one and two. Do, did you count when the Bucks did it to Cody? Oh, the Stereo Crossroads? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Stereo? No, did they do the Stereo Crossroads? No, it was the, Nick they Jackson. They did the Stereo is, Uppercut. It was Nick Jackson did the stereo did Nick Jackson did a crossroads to Cody, which mm-hmm. Matt pinned him for. But yeah, so let's before we get ahead of ourselves, uh, production wise, uh, I think it's getting. I don't know. I don't even know if it's getting there though. Like there is still of a leeway, but is it improving? I feel like it's just. I feel like since double or nothing, it's kind of went down rather than up. Correct. Double. I think Double or Nothing had the magic. You know, Fighter Fest. Uh, I think it did. I thought. I thought it was still there. Uh, I. I think that wasn't because of the production, though. I think Fighter Fest might have felt like eh because of some of the matches. Fair. Uh, but on a production standpoint, personally, I was like, eh. well, I know. I know in the Elite match, you know, they missed some camera spots, which is you know that stuff happens. But hmm. uh, Fight for the Fallen. Fight for the Fallen. Okay, can I talk about one production, huge production issue I had a huge issue with? Yes. Okay, so obviously they sort of changed up the hard camera ring positioning. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the talent who is still adjusting, you know, a lot of these talent have not been on TV before. They're still adjusting to the fact that, like, the the crowd was to camera left, but... Not all they would always like go to the crowd or they would go face the camera or you know whatever, but the problem is is like they're not on hard cam if they just did on the our bottom left corner of the ring, 
then it would have been perfect, right? Because we would have mm-hmm. been in the crowd and, you know, been in hard cam. Yeah. So, like, that sort of thing is, like, a lot of this talent is still learning hard cam. But besides, so that that's a trickle of a thing I'm annoyed about. But they still, they're still learning. The thing I'm really annoyed about is you got the hard camera side, right? Yeah. Every once in a while, they would, for, for like, close-ups, they would cut to a camera in the crowd mm-hmm. to to where hard cams left into the crowd and cut into you know into the rain to get some close-ups which worked occasionally mm-hmm. you know for sean spears worked perfectly yeah but there was a lot of times like during matches that were like it wasn't like a moment like the sean spears thing where he was doing something dramatic it was like just like cutting as a different camera angle that shit annoyed me because the ver verimil ver, what is it what's the word verisimilitude all that stuff yeah. broken for me because I, I my my brain started to get more confused because like wait where are we now like that camera angle did not make any sense with like my with how it should be structured to be fair that was this um this arena was kind of unique in like seating wise mm-hmm so I could see them having issues with the cameras on where to put them because it was kind of a new sort of like it was the amphitheater, which was an interesting way to do a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. So I could kind of understand problems on like where the hell do we put these cameras, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it was just that was just a big thing for me. It was like if if he, if they did it, I think if they did it more sparingly, it would have hit harder and hit better. Fair. If like you know, just for like that Sean Spears where he's like staring at I think it was Darby. Um you know, that just had extreme close up on Sean Spears' face. Mm-hmm. Perfect. If it's like a tag match and I'm looking at Cody Rhodes for some reason. Just keep it on hard cam. Yeah, keep it on hard cam or cut in for your like your handheld cameras. Don't mm-hmm. go to that that camera, because that camera broke the ver- verisimilitude for me. Which is a theater film term. <laughs> so look it up, kids. Um, let's talk about the matches, Mikey. Yeah, let's get into it. So AEW's Fight for the Fallen, of course, started off with their buy-in, their pre-show. Um, and Can we just skip this? Because... Oh no, we God. cannot, Mikey, because we're getting librarians all damn time. Okay. To be fair... I think they're finding the balance with the librarians. I think they overdid it at Fighter Fest. It was a little much. However, mm-hmm. I think this show it was much better and much more palatable because they did it more sparingly and they weren't super annoying about it. They didn't have like a huge promo at the top. Exactly. There was no like huge promo where they were just going shh every four seconds. It was just they came out. They did a little bit of the librarian thing. And then Leva Bates did the distraction and tried to help him win. And that was it was just some heel stuff here and there. And it was good. It was a good wrestling match. It was fine. And I think I think it was very much more palatable. Yeah. One of my hot takes of the day is uh, I'm 180 on the on the librarian gimmick. I hated it at Fighter Fest and now I love it. And now. Yeah. Right. That's that's what I think. I think I I was like at Fighter Fest. I thought it was a lot like it was way, way too much and it was getting kind of overbearing. Mm-hmm. But it was like 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 you. I had a complete one eighty because they toned it down a lot and made it much more palatable for everybody. In a weird way, 
like, I mean, we don't know how, like, the business works entirely, and, you know, we can always guess. But, like, in a weird way, it's almost as if, like, if you're... It's like they they could have easily, by doing that, they just, like, whether on purpose or accident, they created go-away heat, you know, booze for the librarians. By doing mm-hmm. it one time at Fighter Fest where it lasted too long and everyone hated them. And then here, they came out to a chorus of booze and then did a little thing. And then Sonny Kiss came out and interrupted Peter Avalon right before he's, he started talking. Sonny Kiss gets a huge pop. Yeah. Like, like I talked to this in the system check. I'm pretty sure the librarian gimmick is just a way to boost up fresh faces like Sonny Kiss or Allie and give them wins. Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's all the librarian gimmick is right now. It's just like, have them get booed. Because librarians don't need a win, right? No, they're just they're just the heels. Yeah, like, they're just the, the, the comedy heels. Yes, so we'll talk about this match. Sonny Kiss defeating Peter Avalon, the librarian Peter Avalon, with the librarian Leva Bates in 5 minutes and 10 seconds with the split leg, what is it, split leg drop off the top yeah. rope? Yes. Also, Sonny Kiss is good. Sonny Kiss is great. I'm a huge fan of Sonny Kiss. Me too. Um, uh, I would like, I can't wait to see more of Sunny Kiss. I'm glad I got to see them in singles action. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Uh, I'm excited to see more of them as the when to come and see, you know, what they do, who, who they feud with. Mm. Um, thoughts on this match? I thought it was fine. I thought it was kind of good. Uh, Peter Avalon as a librarian should not have come out in a robe. I know that it was like, like, yeah, that Avalon's. was some weird Bobby Roode stuff flair robesque stuff i know it's like like his gimmick before the librarian was like you know it was a character that wore robes and stuff like that and yeah but however he is the librarian now yes it was weird yeah it didn't really fit anymore yes i yeah i think i think you're right in saying that like it was sort of overdone at fighter fest which but you know conspiracy theory wise Maybe that it, was on purpose. Yeah, it was on purpose. It got them booze immediately. I mean, we'll talk about this throughout the show, or at least I'm going to talk about this throughout the show. Is that like, Mikey, this is the third show of the promotion. Mm-hmm. And there are already a lot of characters that I care about. Yeah, same here. Like whenever, if I've watched, I started watching MLW, Major League Wrestling on YouTube, and I'm a couple episodes in, and I don't, care about some wrestlers or characters at all yet lucha underground when i watched that it kind of took me a little bit to start caring about more wrestlers i just cared about maybe like a handful but here in aew everyone has strong characters everyone has stuff that i care about everyone has good things and bad things there aren't heels or baby faces in this show unless there's like really really obvious dastardly heels but even then they have like charming good ass qualities to them like mjf who cares about his friend cody rhodes mm-hmm. and you know he's an asshole but he's an asshole that cares about his buddy cody rhodes so mm-hmm. so like there's no baby faces or heels and but I, I i can they have enough character points that make me care about these people and only three shows in yeah what was your meatball rank meatball rating for uh sunny kiss versus peter avalon was like a three and a half, just decent match all around. Mm-hmm. I gave it a I gave it a solid three meatballs. I thought it was yeah. a solid match. I think five, you know, it was a five minute match. So what are you going to get? Yeah. Um, 
Peter Avalon looked good. Sonny Kiss looked great. Uh, excited to see more. I'm excited to see more. And I'm, I'm interested to see all out where what the librarians do. I would love... To me, it almost feels like, okay, we had the women's match. We had the men's match. Now let's do maybe like a mixed tag of the librarians. That could be fun. I don't know who that would be against. You know, maybe Sunny Kiss and Allie, but, you know, Allie's going her own direction right now. Yeah. But uh, I don't know who that could be against, but, you know, there's a, always the, that possibility uh, with the librarians. So I'm excited to see what happens with them. Moving yeah. on to our next match, we got the uh, women's tag of B. Priestley and Shoko Nakajima defeating Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Riho in 15 minutes and 40 seconds with Shoko's, what was it? It was a spring, I need to get like this prepped right to go. It was a step <laughs> up Hurricane Rana. Yeah. 3-2-1, Shoko wins. Yeah, this match was kind of a mess. <laughs> Yeah, sadly it was. It was really hard to follow, and it felt like it should. It felt like it didn't feel like a tag match. It felt like two singles matches happening at the same time. Which they said on commentary was that like this is this is like it's just two singles matches happening at the same time. They even said that on commentary, and that was around the same time where Britt messed up her hot tag, went to go to Shoko, who is not her partner, and instead had to go to the other side well, of the ring. Well, to be rehab. fair, she, there is heavy evidence that she may have been concussed. Yes, I heard, I, I saw on Twitter that uh, she might have been concussed, which is not good. It was really not good. Uh, and a lot of people are saying it was... But wait, did she get... Was, I don't know when she would have gotten concussed, but that does that mean that would have happened really early in the match? A lot of people were saying it was when uh, uh, Bia went to go stomp on her, like she went to go like stomp on her, and she just straight up stomped her head. Oh, geez. Yeah, there was. A, I think there was like a gif of it on Reddit earlier where someone was like, "I think this is where it might have happened." Mm-hmm. Someone posted like a link to like a Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta go search for that. Yeah, and it was, and people are like thinking where that's where it might have. It was like before the tag spot too, where she missed, where she hot tagged the wrong person. Okay. Um, yeah. So a lot of people are thinking that might have been an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it was a sloppy match. But if one of the competitors have a concussion, I, that sort of explains the sloppiness. But yeah, I mean, you know, there was also some production sloppiness. This was during this match is when the, the, the weird uh, uh, subtitles popped closed up, captions popped up, yeah, which just did not help in any capacity. No. Uh. But thoughts in this match? Obviously, we have the debuts of B. Priestley and Shoku Nakajima, both two champions, both out of uh, uh, stardom, of you know B. Priestley in stardom and Shoku Nakajima in Tokyo Girls. I gotta look that up. I believe it was. To- I believe if I'm remembering my Joshi wrestling, I want to say it is Tokyo Girls. Um, I'll look this up. But what did you thought of this match? What do you think of those two wrestlers and their debuts? So I thought the match, like I said, I thought the match was sloppy. I think I'm going to give the match like two meatballs as a whole because it was it was really rough to watch. However, I am excited for uh, the previously the Britt Baker feud. That looks it looks like they were building up to that toward the end. 
Yes, I agree. I am, I am in huge, huge excitement for Tokyo Joshi Pro. That's the answer. Yeah. Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, I, I It looks like they were setting up for B. Priestley versus uh, Britt Baker, assuming once Britt gets her concussion fi- situation figured out. That could easily happen at All Out. That could also easily happen at uh, a London pay-per-view. You know, also give Jimmy Havoc a win. Uh, uh, but th- I, I, that's setting up for something. And if you're looking at... So following this show, obviously, I if you listen to our spinoff show, System Check, I have my own version of a merit system. So if you're looking at le- like records and leaderboards, Riho is currently the number one woman in the roster at two and one of her record. Mm-hmm. You know, granted, she did lose, but she's still beating everyone else. And then following up, Tal tied in second, we have Hukaro Shida, Ryu Mizunami, Shoko Nakajima, B. Priestley, and Brandy Rhodes. Mm-hmm. This lost, this loss dropped Britt Baker pretty much out of title contention for a little bit. She's yes. now like five. She's now behind five people because of this loss. Big yikes! Also, uh, quick note that has nothing to do with the show. That Stardom belt looks terrible. Anyway. Ooh, that's a hot take for a man who doesn't watch Joshi Wrestling, which is fair. I mean, I don't watch Joshi Wrestling wholly entirely. I catch it every once in a while, but are you talking about the star one or the Tokyo Joshi one? The star one. Star one? I don't know. I'm favorable to the red, big old red strap. I don't. It's not the red strap I don't like. It's the, the little star plate I hate. It's for <laughs> stardom, dude. What else are they going to do it? A dome? At least make it bigger so it looks more... It's just like... It's oh, like such a... The, the, the thing is, it's not the shape. It's the proportions are weird. It's like the uh, strap is big, but the plate is tiny. I see what you're saying. And it's like the proportions are a little off to me, so it just looks awkward. I see what you're saying. Um, yes, so if you want to do... To get back to B. Priestley, Britt Baker, f- eventual feud, that could have a match. That could be it all out or a London show or whatever they want to do, which I think would be great at a London show. Uh, mm-hmm. And then that, that's easily all. If Brit wins, then she will probably, she will jump immediately. Assuming Riho doesn't have a match. If Brit wins, Brit jumps straight back into title contention. That's yeah, all you have sure. to do to fix that. For sure. Um, I mean, granted Riho did get the pinfall in that, you know, tag match. Uh, but Britt also, you know, eats a loss. Uh, but yeah, it's all interesting. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Again, I agree with you. I'm giving this match a two out of five meatballs. Uh, sloppy, some production stuff, which was big issues. Britt Baker possibly getting concussion, which doesn't help. Um, I the the big thing I loved out of this, I thought B Priestley looked great. Yeah, Shoko Nakajima, I was fine with. I wasn't. I didn't fall in love with her. There, I think. I think B Priestley and Riho really shined. Yes, I think. I think Riho's looking good. B looked. B Priestley looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. I would like to see the other. Some of the, I know they're pushing Riho right now, but I can't wait till they start getting some more. Because I'm. A, I was a huge fan of Hukaro Shida at Double or Nothing. Um, and of course, we have a huge women's match. Uh, seemingly coming up at all out eventually, 
but uh, you know, there's there's some other women that I'm excited to see, and I hope they come back, like Hikaroshida. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that happens soon. But yes, you know, fine, okay, match could have been better. Maybe the concussion, lack thereof of concussion, could have made this match a whole lot better. Mm. Then let's move on to the main card, Mikey. The main card starting off with a six-man tag team match of MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Sean Spears defeating the likes of Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela. Mikey, I just want to say first off that I liked how they handled the uh, we are not on the same page tag team angle. Yeah, I agree. It didn't. It didn't. It, it wasn't the entire match. Uh, it did not take over the entire match. And, you know, MJF and Sean Spears, a lot of times are just making fun of each other for the live crowd. I like uh, how they never they never tagged each other either. Yes, they did not. They only tagged in Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Well, I guess they did tag in each other to an extent when it was like one of them tagging themselves in. Yeah, I mean. Yes. But uh, I do want to say that there was uh, never a voluntary tag between Sean Spears and MJF. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that I do want to point out that there was like it wasn't just MJF and Sean Spears that were not getting along as a tag team. It was sort of Jimmy Havoc, Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, Joey Janela did not get along great as a tag team either. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if anyone noticed that, but uh, there were moments when, you know, Joey wanted to tag in Darby, but Jimmy Havoc tagged himself in instead. Like they weren't on the same page as the tag team, which I thought mm-hmm. was a very nice, subtle touch. Mm-hmm. These people aren't used to tagging together. That's why. I would mm-hmm. assume is the the kayfabe reason. Yes, which you know, perfect. If that if they if they had the conscious decision to do that during the matches to make it be like, well, we don't know how to tag with each other, then perfect. You nailed it because I, it made it more realistic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Um, I think it was good. I think everybody got their time in the spotlight. Um, everyone did a solid job, and match the match was good. I like Dillinger. Yeah, sorry. How Spears. dare you? Uh, my bad. Uh, I like Spears pinning Darby because Darby had the kayfabe rib injury. Yeah, some people online were back and forth on Darby being the one that it was pinned to the match. I mean, I get like I think I think out of all the people, it made the most sense because he was already hurt. So there was like an excuse behind it. Be like, oh, yeah, he was already injured. So he just worked the injured part and pinned them because he was hurt. You know, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I think I think it if, was the right you're, call. if you're going to pin someone, Jimmy Havoc is already if you're like if you're already decided we're going to lose this team. Jimmy Havoc can't be pinned because he, he's already becoming Owen two. if he's getting pinned, he's becoming a jobber. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Joey Janela and Darby Allen. Now, both of them could sell injuries from the last show, mm-hmm. but Darby has the storyline angle of Sean Spears pinning Darby Allen, someone that Cody Rhodes could not do. Yeah. So Darby Allen makes sense. I agree with you completely. Darby Allen makes a whole lot of sense as the person being pinned. It's not great, but if everyone remembers his Darby Allen's Evolve run, um, Darby Allen works way better at starting at the bottom of the card and working his way up. I mean, he got a draw and just destroyed himself at Fighter Fest. And here, he was the arguably the hottest guy in this entire match. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, he's fine. He could lose. And I'm sure he's going to get big pops when he shows up at All Out. Mm-hmm. So, I think 
it did it doesn't hurt him makes sense storyline wise and yeah it makes sense sean spears gets the victory over darby allen yeah i like this i just like this match as a whole yeah what'd you give it i gave it a 3.75 meatballs yeah i mean i gave it a four i thought it was good i think it was solid i'm excited to see so what what's the storylines coming out of here we got sean spears maybe versus darby allen we got we got sean spears darby allen we got could lead to something at all out if not sean spears cody rhodes yeah um we for sure got joey janela jim Cornette. (laughs) great spot (laughs) what a great spot um and i think we got sammy guevara versus the world fair we can easily do MJF versus Sean Spears as a match, but they're both sort of playing heels kind of right now. Yeah. So, you know, there is that there is that aspect. Jimmy Havoc has nothing. Yeah, Jimmy Havoc is kind of no, but he he yeah he did fine. He did his Jimmy Havoc stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jimmy Havoc sticks out way too much like a sore thumb in this promotion and does not belong in this promotion. I'll be honest. It's not that he... I don't think it's that he doesn't belong. It's just I think he needs to adjust. What do you, wait, what do you mean by adjust? I think he needs to adjust. I think... I saw a good uh, comment on Reddit where it's like... His moveset doesn't fit his body type because his moves don't seem impactful. Because he's a just a tall, skinny dude. Mm-hmm. And he needs to start doing moves with more oomph on them to start making it to start making him seem like he's actually doing damage yeah um well that's the, i mean that's the problem with jimmy havoc he said jimmy havoc is a great deathmatch sort of guy i mean so is joey so is darby but like jimmy is obviously least charismatic next to darby and joey yeah so this match sort of showed off the flaws in that sense this match jimmy haven't got a lot of match time in this match because they were trying to show him off a little bit but you're mm-hmm. right his move set does not the most impactful he's not the most charismatic guy what makes him interesting is that the stuff he does in death matches but like when are we doing death matches in aew i mean that unsanctioned match was pretty close no but we're talking death match in the sense of glass panes yeah, 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 and yeah, light tubes and yeah 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 like that, that like crap. CZW got that it. crap CZW we're talking like like when he was in like progress when he would just like wear come to the ring wearing all white and leave wearing all red yeah so but like that Jimmy Havoc is what got Jimmy Havoc over without doing that in AEW to me personally Jimmy Havoc does not belong in this promotion who is he going to have that match against Joey ha- Joey Janela you know John Moxley, I, I don't like. We're going to be PG down to an extent, you know, PG TV fourteen down from like R. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, in, until something needs to give, something needs to happen with Jimmy Havoc because right now it's just like he's a floater. I don't think they know what to do with him. Creative's got nothing for him. Uh, like I think he, I think he has the potential to be good. He has the potential to be good, and he can be good. It's just currently there's nothing happening with him and there's nothing he's doing holding in the ring that's really winning me over especially with the likes of him being compared to darby joey sammy sean and maxwell that's another thing though is that 
if we're just looking at AEW, it's sure they got you care like it's going to be hard to get them to get you caring about literally everyone on the roster after three shows. Well, but that is true, but they are doing an amazing job of making me care about every single one of these people. You know, everyone's yeah. got something. The problem is that Jimmy has nothing. I I would like to see him shine. Yes. Me, oh, me too. I'm not saying he shouldn't shine. I'm saying just I got to give him something. Got to yeah. give him something cuz right now he doesn't have anything. He's just sort of there. He's just sort of like a golf dad. You know, he's just sort of, he needs to be doing something. And right now he's doing nothing. What were your thoughts? So you talked about before we started recording this, Mikey, about how you're very much more interested in AEW's mid-card than you are their world title picture. What, what do you mean by that? Um, I'm just way more into the people who they have on the, like, I'm like, give me more, give me more Darby Allen, give me more Joey Janela, give me more Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, give like, give me more of those people. Those people are the ones that are really hooked. Like, those are the matches I felt like I was most hooked on because I was so invested in, like, I'm just, I don't know, just the way they hooked me in with these characters and how they wrestle and just everything about them just makes me want more of them. Yeah, yeah, they're... Their mid card scene is just making me care about every single of these characters. The world title, I'll, I'll 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 agree with you. I'll agree with you one hundred percent. I think on this, I think you have the got the correct take here, Mikey, because you know the three way tag, the six man tag, the you know librarian Sunny Kiss, all those people are great. The rest, the the first half of this card was pretty great, good to great, in my mm. opinion. Latter half of this card. I kind of got bored. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I guess, a hot take, but but I kind of got bored with it. And you're I right. Think it had it, the, I think it had the issue of the the wrestling marathon. Oh, this, I mean, This yeah. was like a, like from pre-show to finish, this was what, like a five-hour show? Mm, what? No way. No way. Was it? Four, four hours, maybe. Maybe I was going to say three. I mean the, the well, it, it start well. The pre-show started at seven thirty. Seven seven thirty, and it went to midnight. It did go to midnight. I don't even know yeah. what time it went to. I didn't even look at the clock when it ended. It ended at like eleven fifty. Well, hot damn! So it was like four and a half hours from pre-show to finish. Jesus, that's long. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, that that I think that's the longest show. But yeah, I mean, and there's some matches that could have easily cut down. I mean. We'll get to some other matches later, but so they could have easily cut down some time on some matches. Yeah. But yes, the six man tag. Great. Let's move on to the next match, which is a singles women's match between Brandy Rhodes defeating Allie. Of course, Brandy Rhodes at the start of the match, bringing out awesome Kong, uh, which made Allie obviously upset. This match lasting 11 minutes with Brandy Rhodes picking up the win with that bionic spear. Mikey, you have a thought? I have two, two immediate thoughts. Okay. First one, this match was rough. Second one, I got worked so fucking hard. <laughs> what do you What do you mean? You got worked uh, by what? The Brandy that, Road that, stuff. That opening promo package with Brandy before the match. 
made me it was like oh my god she's gonna be like omega she's gonna be like omega face like the babyest of faces mm-hmm. and then she was shaking Allie's head and i heard awesome punk's music and i just saw that evil grin on her face i was like oh all right you got me <laughs> <laughs> you worked me brother <laughs> you, you sent out the thing and you reeled me in wow yeah i mean i i I, I, you love a good working. You love a good working, folks. She went from I went I went from being like, oh my god, she's gonna be like the ultimate baby face. To, oh my god, she is the heel. I am. I, I what I liked about it is that you know I I was in the impression that like Brandy Rhodes wasn't going to compete in this match, and instead Awesome Kong was going to replace her, and that you could have maybe done the thing of like Brandy been like, I'm too scared. Here's Awesome Kong, you know, or just like you know straight up, I never was going to wrestle. Here's Awesome Kong. Mm. I'm glad Brandy still wrestled though, and just had yeah, Awesome I'm Kong. Glad, in I'm quarter. glad Awesome Kong was just in the corner as a mm-hmm. surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were your thoughts on the results in this match? I, I to go actually no, let's to go to your first point, Mikey. Uh, I agree with you. This match was sloppy. Um, Brandy is you know she's not she doesn't have a lot of years wrestling. Yeah. Allie is a fair wrestler. I'm not like huge on Allie, but she's a fair wrestler. I, I don't think she match- could. That, I think the thing with Allie is that she's a good wrestler, but I don't think she's at the point where she could carry someone who's not as experienced like Brandy is. That's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, so when you put them together, it was kind of a little bit of a mess because I think it was hard for Allie to kind of like get Brandy through all of this. You know, one hundred percent agree. I gave this match a one point five out of five meatballs. Yeah. That sounds that sounds right. It just the pacing felt weird. A mm. lot of Brandy's moves felt slow. Uh, a lot of the timing was off. Yeah, it looked like Brandy was getting a little winded. That spear at the end was bad. <laughs> it, looked, uh, it looked more like a pounce. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it wasn't a great great match. You know, for was it a great match? for brandy's career like one of her better matches in her career i don't know she was it good for character work definitely yeah brandy's a great character brandy could be a great manager and if they eventually do a a tag women's tag team division like tony khan has stated that they will then brandy rhodes and awesome kong might be a great tag team Mm -hmm. but until then hide behind awesome kong and be heelish and whatnot but then also I thought about it as like Awesome Kong, you know, she is she's a legend. She's older, but also she's sort of a bigger lady. So her her knees and backs are, you know, way, you know, a little stressed. Plus, she's yeah. got a huge TV career mm-hmm. uh, while Brandy is green. Brandy is still green and still working out. If they can do a tag team together, then I think they could hide each other's flaws and sort of injuries to an extent. Yeah. Which could work very well as a tag mm-hmm. team the problem is, just, is that like we don't have a tag team and just now it's like brandy should sort of brandy's an amazing manager mm-hmm. you know I awesome agree. kong is a great wrestler but right now it's, uh, we're working still i was very into awesome kong just uh laughing maniacally at whatever ali was getting like hurt <laughs> awesome just kong like, is a great character just her just just being like <laughs> is that Allie just getting destroyed was so funny. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, and they also teased the Kong versus Kong match. And, I was just uh, about to say, match. just about to talk about that. Thoughts on that? Awesome Kong versus Aja Kong looking like setting up for all out. Thoughts on that 
Goliath of a match. I am willing to bet you at least $15 right now. Whoa, okay. That the ring is going to break. <laughs> hmm. Are, will, does AEW do the ring break gimmick at all out? Either the ring is going to break or it's not going to break. And then they're going to be like, it's not like those weak ass rings at WWE or some shit. They're going to like call it out. That's a great point. Are, are we fortified this ring? <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, they're like, we knew this match was coming. So we fortified the ring. Because we're not going to break our ring. Just to make show. sure it doesn't break. Because this match isn't going to be a main event. No, probably not. So once it's broken, you got to fix it. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Are they going to do something like that? I mean... There's going to be a big spot where something breaks, for sure. Or go through through the ring. (laughs) Are they going to do a gimmick where, like, they, like, actively show them fortifying the ring for some stupid reason? It's going to be, like, pre-show. It's going to be, like, some guys running out and just putting, like, steel beams underneath the ring. Yeah. You know, some stupid, silly stuff. God, do I take that bet? Fifteen dollars? I mean, probably because I don't think that I don't think they'll actually do it, but I think it'd be funny if they did. I think they would do it. Are we so? I'll take that bet. I'll take the bet right. that I think they will do it. Fifteen. Okay, so let, you're gonna let, bet, let's make it five. I'll say five. Five. Okay, five. Well, I'm bucks not made of money they, over here. So, so you're betting five bucks that they will. I'm even betting five bucks betting that they're going that they to do will. some sort of thing, whether it be a call out to WWE or ring breakage. They're going to do some sort of thing like that. Okay, I'm in. And you're and you're saying they won't. I mean, I I said it as a joke because I don't think they will because like like you like you said it won't be a main event so they were gonna have they are gonna have to put it back together if they do do that. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I'll take it. And of course, the bet uh, becomes nothing if it's not one on one Aja versus Awesome at all, all out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. That goes if, if, if it's a, if it's like a tag team match, then bets off you. Yeah, that's out the window. Bet out the window. Copy that. Bet taken. If, if it's like, if it's like Brandy Rhodes and Awesome Kong versus Ally and Aja Kong, then it's like whatever. Yeah, they, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> but perfect. Bet taken. Bet approves. Let's move on to the next matchup. Arguably, one of the best matches, in my opinion, uh, on the entire show. The three way tag team match where the winner will advance to All Out for an opportunity at a first-round buy in the AEW World Tag Team Championship Tournament. Uh, I feel like in commentary, they kept saying... What a crazy step. What a crazy step. I feel like in commentary, they kept saying that the winner here is going to earn a buy, whereas the stipulation is really an opportunity at a buy. Uh, So that that opportunity of a first-round buy looks like it's going to be the best friends versus the winner of this match, which was the Dark Order... Who defeated Angelico and Jack Evans, and a boy and his dinosaur, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, who seem to have added Marco's stunt to their team, maybe. Which who knows? was interesting. Don't exactly know why Marco's stunt was here, per se. Uh, but yes, uh, thoughts on this match, Mikey. This match lasted, what, 15 minutes and 15 seconds with a Dark Order using their fatality for the victory. Luchasaurus is so over. Oh, yeah. Oh, J- Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are incredibly They're over. So over, it's ridiculous. I think the I think hands down loudest pop of the night. I would agree with you. I think I would agree with you. 
I've, yeah, I think I totally agree with you. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy ended up that that like back that like move. I don't know what it's called or anything, but that move where like Luchasaurus backflipped Jack Evans, and with, who then did like a three sixty in the air, and then Jungle Boy threw him down with a power bomb was insane to me. Yeah, uh, their their double team moves were insane to me. I mean. I mean, I was hearing things about how, like, Dark Order has amazing double-team moves, but, like, you know, they had some cool stuff that, like, that's, you know, Swanton Bomb running Senton Cannonball into the corner looked great. One of my personal favorite spots is when uh, Luchasaurus chokeslammed, I think it was, uh... Name blank. <laughs> the guys in Neon. And Helico and, Helico. and Jack Evans? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He chokeslammed one of... I forgot who it was exactly, but it was one of those two out to the floor with the other one. And then Jungle Boy came running on the apron, pushed off of Luchasaurus, and did, like, a moonsault toward them. Yes. Or a, a shooting star press. Yes. It was... They got they got moved for days. Boy and his dinosaur. Now, I think... Should they have won this match, Mikey? I don't know. I like I like the I like making Dark Order a threat by them winning this match. Mm-hmm. I think that they're all like Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are already over. And it was just an opportunity to buy, so it didn't like knock them out of the, the competition. You know? I think I think Dark Order winning was correct because it was their first legitimate match and them winning made them look like a real threat to the tag team division mm-hmm. instead of just like some people who came up and attacked from behind and then but, but the weird problem in that Mikey is that like yes you're right in saying that like the Dark Order gets the win and they look more verified as like contenders especially they're going to this feud with this match it all out against the best friends that's what the feud's been happen, happening so it all make, it makes sense but like they weren't the most impressive team in this match, which they needed to be. Yeah, I think hands down the most impressive team was Jungle Boy. It was a boy in his dinosaur fan. Yeah, the Dark Order needed to be the most impressive, and they weren't. They failed to be against Boy and his dinosaur, which is tough because Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy are amazing. Yeah. Um, don't know why Marco Stunt was there, unless it's like a boy, a falcon, and his dinosaur, because I feel like <laughs> Marco Stunt could just be like a bird. A boy and his bird and his dinosaur. Yeah. Um, you know, so I have no idea why Marco Stunt was there. There was no point in having him there, I'll say. Um, but boy and his dinosaur look good. I think if I had to put, you know, I think it's fair to say, if there was a AEW World Tag Team Championship right now, or if I had to pick the winner of this tournament, the winner of this tournament needs to be Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. It, it, Dark Order can win their match against Best Friends, and maybe they end up being the the you know in the finals against Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Either way, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus are the o- biggest overest tag team I'll say in the entire tag team division. They are way bigger than you know Lucha Bros, SCU, and the Young Bucks. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy are your tag team, and they are currently second to last in the leaderboard they were insane they are insane yeah i thought they were great 
I thought they were great. I think I'm excited to see what happens. What was your meatball rating? Uh, I gave this match a four and a half meatball rating. I gave this a solid four meatballs. Nice. Solid, solid ass match. There were I some agree. things that qu- kind of bored me, but other than that, solid last match. Yep. Let's move on to the rest of the second half of the card, Mikey. And I'll be honest, this is when I started getting bored. <laughs> Sadly, uh, yeah. Adam Page ended up defeating Kip Sabian in 19 minutes and five seconds with his dead eye. This match, way too long. Way so, too long. So, I agree with that. I'm also starting to get... uh little bit of a Roman Reigns vibe from Hangman Page. Ooh, the the Roman Reigns push. Yeah, that's what it kind of feels like. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it is. I'm fairly that is what is happening. Yeah, they're really pushing him to the moon very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where it's like hard for me to get into a Hangman Page match. So I'm like, oh, he's gonna win. Now, they did a great job of setting up in this show the reasons for Kip Sabian to win. Mm-hmm. At which, of course, big big reason number one being if I beat Adam Page and he wins the title, I'm challenging him for that title. I think that's, at this point, like, I don't think they're going to give it to Jericho. I really don't. It is um, it's a huge decision. You're going to be sort of a heel promotion or a babyface promotion here. You know, what What kind of promotion are you? And if you're making a huge decision on it being Jericho or Adam Page. I think they're building the... I think they're trying to be like... They're trying to bring Page in as the underdog in this match and that he's going to win because of his knee. And his now face. And his, yeah, and now his face also. Um, I think that they're trying to bring that angle in and Chris Jericho's like, oh, I'm going to be 100% for uh, All Out. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the rock star. I'm way out of shape and need to be in shape for this match. <laughs> I think I think, I think, think Chris Jericho needs to take the full gear challenge. <laughs> that might be fair. But he's got all those Omaha steaks. You love steaks. You love steaks. And want to cook it on the grill and <laughs> he didn't look put big. Omaha steaks over in his open mic last night. It's uh, bullshit. Yeah, uh, talking about this match, Kip Sabian did fine. Commentary, like I, I hate, I hate it when sometimes when commentary like is like obviously correct, but they keep saying it. Like how like they kept saying like Kip Sabian, he's not following up, he is not focusing, he's not, you know, he's not going after Adam Page, he's not, you know, doing anything. Kip Sabian should have been doing knee bars and and holds and all this stuff on Adam Page and working that knee over and over again. And Kip Sabian yeah. wasn't. It was just like, oh, great. Kip Sabian's not doing a great job here. You're making look, Kip it just, it just look like an idiot. Like, yeah, it just looked like Kip got destroyed. Yes. This match should have... I would cut fifth, five I would cut five minutes out of this match. I agree. Because a lot of it was just Page doing random shit to Kip. And it was a lot of it just like sort of standing around stuff. It was meant to feel bigger. Plus, Mikey, let's not forget, this match should not have happened at this point in the card. No. It 
it followed the best match, arguably, in the entire match, entire show. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think anyone thought that that match was going to steal the show as much as it did, but holy crap, did it. I mean, I guess so. They could have, they should have restructured or something because it was just this, this is like when it started getting boring and it was because it was just in the wrong spot completely. It should not have been there. It should have been later. I've also heard some takes from uh, the guys at Voices of Wrestling that um, it should have been Adam Page versus Shima. You know, despite Kenny Omega and Shima being the big historical match, Adam Page getting a win over Shima could have been a huge rub for Adam Page. Getting a win over Kip Sabian is like, okay. All right. But Shima would have been more impressive, I feel like. Yeah. It it, kind of just, it was one of those, it was, it was, it felt not to insult AEW too much, but it felt very WWE as to where, I knew basically exactly what was going to happen before the match even started. Correct. And if it was Shima, I think it would have been, people still would have thought maybe Adam Page, but you could have also been like, but it's Shima, but there's though. there's a chance. There's, yeah. a, there's a huge-ass chance. It's Shima. You know, if it was anyone else, sadly, other than Kip Sabian, who the only win he has in the show so far is against Sammy Guevara on the buy-in of the first show. Hey, Kip Sabian won the first AEW match. He did, but it's on the buy-in. It's against Sammy yeah. Guevara. This is like, you need to be... He, Adam Page needs to have, be against someone that he... It's not obvious that he's going to win. Yeah. Um, and that did not happen. So this match, to me, Mikey, uh, it was fine. It was okay. I gave it two and a half stars. I'm in agreement there. There was some good stuff in there. Adam Page needs to do his do a lot more flashier stuff, like more work rate flashier stuff. I mean, it's yeah. the problem where th- there's a the singles AEW World Title storyline and all these situations they're doing with it is bad in my opinion, and Adam Page has sadly not been able to do his stuff that gets him over like the, his running moonsault off the you know side of the ring edge of the ring looks amazing. He's done a lot. He does a lot of like flashy, you know, cool ass moves. I don't even think he's done the buckshot lariat here yet at all in this show in this, uh, pr- promotion. He has, has he, if he has, he's done it like once maybe. Cause I don't remember. I've, I've seen him do it. Uh, I think he did it at the, at, uh, double nothing. I think he did it. Mm hmm. He might have done it at Fighter Fest. I don't remember. Maybe. Either way, oh, he definitely did it at Double or Nothing. He might have done it at Fighter Fest. I don't remember. But so I think I think they're doing the thing where it's like he can't do that stuff because of his knee. Which that's the problem, and yeah. that is the stuff I hate. And it's even worse, and it even compounds it even worse when it's your first world title match. Is that like you're inhibiting the stuff that got Adam Page over by doing this angle with his knee? Mm-hmm. What is the AEW World Title match going to be? I mean, granted, it's in August 31st. We have, what, four weeks away or whatever. But it's not like Chris Jericho is going to do anything flashy. Chris Jericho isn't going to do anything flashy. His moveset he, has what's gotten he, a lot more what's grounded. Gonna, what's he going to do, like, maybe a lion salt? Yeah, I mean, he can do those stuff. He can do that, those things, I should say. And, but and his moveset has gotten a lot more elbow. grounded. Whereas Adam Page... 
he is he's forced to be grounded. He can be healed by then, maybe, but like he is going to be allowed to look great. And if you're and if he has to now work a slower pace match and not be as good, and that match might go, you know, thirty minutes. I am going to get extremely bored, and it's going to extremely dampen whoever wins. And I'm not going to be excited if Adam Page wins, and if Chris Jericho wins, whatever. Like, like I'm, I'm getting to a point now where because of this angle and all this stuff, I don't care about the world title match. I'll be honest. That's my hot take. Yeah, that's fair. I'm a disappointing hot take. What was your meatball rating on this match? I agree with you. 2.5s? Yeah. Let's move on to the next match. Hopefully lighten the mood a little bit. Um, maybe lighten the mood a little bit, actually, because I got a lot of bad hot... Not bad hot takes, but correct hot takes moving forward. Lucha Bros defeated SoCal Uncensored in a tag team match that lasted 15 minutes and 10 seconds with their package pile driver foot stomp combination. Lucha Bros following the match, of course... Uh, uh, then grabbed a ladder and challenged the Young Bucks to a ladder match at All Out. Mikey, thoughts on this segment? Um, it was a fine match. It was a fine tag team match. Um, I think Christopher Daniels had a hard time keeping up. As uh, the manager? Oh, sorry. I get them. They they look, to be fair, they look exactly the fucking same. Frankie Kazarian is what you're trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. It was. It wasn't enough flash. <laughs> it's not that it wasn't. It's not that it was. It wasn't flash. I just think his style doesn't mesh well with the high flying, high pay, fast paced Lucha Bros style. I think Scorpio Sky was able to keep up very well. Um, but Kazarian had issues doing mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Can I give you my hot take that I teased you earlier? Yeah. Uh, Lucha Bros are overrated in a bad tag team. Yikes. That's, that, that's my hot take. That's my hot take forever. Uh, uh, I love the Lucha Bros. I love Ray Phoenix. I love Pentagon. I love their run and Lucha Underground and Impact and all this stuff. But they are not a good tag team. Uh, they... And it annoys me, and I and I realized this when I did system check, and I was looking over the numbers and why I predicted SoCal to win is because Lucha Bros at the time were zero and two. They rarely make tags to each other. Uh, in their first match, they made um, where was it? First match they made seven tags. Second match, nothing. This match, two tags. That's right. They made two tags to each other this entire match. They do a lot of flashy, you know, you know, double team maneuvers. But how many pinfall attempts do they make? Barely any. They barely go for pinfall attempts. And it, that was the thing that was annoying me all match is that like they would do a big flashy move, yet they wouldn't. And then they would go pander to the audience and they wouldn't pin their opponent. Go pin your opponent to defeat your opponent and win this goddamn match. Oh my god, it's it was it annoyed me to no end. It was just like Lucha Bros, if you want to win, go make pinfall attempts. Stop showboating to the crowd and go pin your team. opponent. 
Go be a tag team and stop doing Zero Pharaoh all the time or whatever. Yes, it's great and they have this stuff, but pin your goddamn opponent if you're expecting to win. They eked out a victory here, in my opinion, but uh, they need to do better as a tag team. Either break up as a tag team, go single stars, which they easily can. I would love to see Ray Phoenix mix it up with Sammy Guevara, mix it up with Darby. Um, I would love to see Pentagon mix it up with Jimmy Havoc, Joey Janela, like Mm -hmm. Kenny Omega, all these guys. But as a tag team, they're not, to me, they're not clicking. They're not great. They're overrated. They're all, they're all, they're all flash, no substance. Yikes. All right. I can see that though. Yeah, that's, it's just, that was the thing that annoyed me literally the entire match mikey i cannot go into more detail why it's just the entire match it's just be a tag team they aren't a tag they aren't a tag team it doesn't feel like they're a tag team to me um and this match did not help because to me the latter half of the card was kind of boring um and kind of drawn dragged on maybe it was you're right i didn't realize how long the show was dragging on but uh, you know they could have they should have made this maybe like a 13 12 minute match cut out a couple minutes mm-hmm. um, up up the pace a little bit because uh, Frankie I think Frankie I think I disagree with you in saying that Frankie Frankie couldn't necessarily keep up this match but I think he can I just think he failed to yeah um, yeah it's just you know because you watch them get strong hearts you watch them at fighter fest against um the likes of uh, Private Party and Best Friends. They're able to keep up. Mm. Here, Frankie Kazarian didn't keep up as much, and I wasn't too excited about this match. I gave it a 3 out of 5 despite all of that. I still thought it was a good match, but, uh, well, goddamn, the Lucha Bros annoy the hell out of me here. That's fair. I think I'm going to agree with you on that 3. I thought it was a solid match. Um... And it kept me kind of, it kept me entertained. Like the flashiness got me. I, I'm, I'm one of those people who's like, ooh, shiny, like ooh, cool. <laughs> Look at that spot. That's neat. Yeah, I, I, I realized that like as I've gotten older, I've become less flash, less less high spot Jeff Hardy fan stuff, and more like Zack Saber Junior. technical wrestling stuff. Mm-hmm. Even then there's good technical wrestling and bad technical wrestling in the sense of like there's exciting and not exciting versions, which I'll get to. Mm. But, uh, yeah. But like when it comes to like tag team wrestling and they're like barely tagging in, they're sort of doing like very much triple a rules where there's like going into the ring, doing spots then leaving. But it's Mm. like pin your, pin your opponent, please. Just, just pin your opponent. That's all I ask of you. Yeah. Are you excited for a ladder match against the young bucks? Which, Bef- I'll let you answer before I go into another diet tribe. Are you excited about the Young Bucks ladder match against the Lucha Bros? So what I'm worried about, because like you said, Lucha Bros are a lot of flesh, and I think so are the Young Bucks. Uh, adding ladders to this is going to make it even more that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like they might go a little too far with how many spots there's going to be. Uh, but either way, I think I'm still excited for the match. I would like to see it. I'll take, I know what I just said, uh, as I, uh, they're all flash, no substance, 
but a ladder match is a lot of flash. So yeah. I think it could be a great match with the Young Bucks because they are going to be very flashy. And I don't and the Lucha Bros and I don't have to as a fan get annoyed by the fact that the Lucha Bros aren't pinning the Young Buck Young Bucks or anything because it's a ladder match. Because it's a ladder match. All they have to do is climb the ladder, I guess. Mm-hmm. I assume maybe I assume this is over the AAA World Titles. Probably. Um, That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So all they have to do is just climb the ladder and get it. And it in a match that's all flash. It's not. It's you know it's a gimmick match. It's not going to count to the record books. Lucha Bros can get the victory. But uh, yeah, I think I think honestly I'm excited for that match because it's a gimmick, and mm-hmm. Lucha Bros will probably serve better in something like that. Now, mm-hmm. I will say the thing that annoyed me was the fact that Lucha Bros got their first win in AEW history, and the immediate thing they do is challenge the Young Bucks to a ladder match. And I was just like, well, how does that make sense? You get one win, and you're like, ladder match. <laughs> well, well, to be fair, they have been feuding outside of AEW. Um... And they have continued that over different promotions. True. So I can kind of see where it's coming from because they're just like, all right, you just want to get this over with. Young Bucks, you versus us, see who's the best ladder match, AAA tag team titles. Let's do it. True. But if you weren't paying attention to AAA, it's just sort of like that's what it appears like. This is just like you win a match, ladder match. Let's do it. Like I like on commentary they talked about it. It's like they got they lost both times to the Young Bucks and then they get a win and they feel confident. They got the streak going and they want to challenge the Young Young Bucks in the ladder match. And it's like that doesn't make any sense. If I if I if I got like, you know, you know, I don't know. I can't think of a good example. If I fail twice and then win once, I'm not going to go after the championship. If I got my ass beat twice by the same dude. Mm-hmm. And then I fought a different much smaller dude and won. I wouldn't go back to the bigger dude and be like, I'm ready. And not just I'm ready. It's let's fight in a UFC ring. <laughs> yeah. It's like that sort of like it does not make any sense. Um, but let's fight like, the uh, bring giant weapons into it this time. Mm-hmm. Did you give your meatball rating? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give that match a three. Okay. Let's move on to the eighth match on this card. Or I guess the sixth match, if you're just looking at main card. The singles match between Kenny Omega and Shima. Kenny Omega ended up getting the one-wing angel on Shima in 22 minutes and 30 seconds. Mikey, thoughts on this match? I give it a 3.5 meatballs. I'm going to go with four. I thought it was a very good match. I liked it a lot. Uh, it was a little spot-heavy, and Shima did the knees a lot, and I got worried for him. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like he's going to wake up tomorrow and not be able to walk very well. No. <laughs> uh, and Kenny Omega made a lot of the spots just look like death. And I am actually in love with the one-winged angel. Yeah, the one-winged angel is a beautiful move. Um, I think I think I got less of a ranking than you did, mainly because, like I said, I was getting a little bit bored at the show at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, you know, I guess that hurt me. I had to watch it separately on its own later to get mm-hmm. a better idea. But uh, I thought this match was fine. Um, I I liked the knee working. Kenny Omega doesn't do a lot of, like, working specific body parts. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I thought that was a good eye on K Omega as the historic dream match that this was. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I think, can you do a trilogy with this? Maybe not yet because this was one of those matches that didn't have any story built up to it. You know, Mm -hmm. the story here being that like, it's the dream match. It's sort of a historic dream match, but it even didn't even talk about too much. Like why? Because they sort of like, Oh, they were in Japan at the same time, but they never wrestled each other. And that was basically it. Um, but they never talked about like, they need to talk. I felt like they need to talk more about like why Shima is like a, a historic, I mean, I'll throw it up to a uh, uh, shout out to Mike Spears on the Everything Elite podcast, who really went to death. Go check out that podcast too. I mean, don't check out other wrestling podcasts. Only listen to this one. Um, We're the only one. Yes. Uh, um, but he really went into detail about like Shima and Dragon Gate and and his importance and why he's even associated with the Young Bucks and all this stuff. And then merely added more historical context to this match, but commentary did not add a lot of that historical commentary probably because they didn't want to talk about dragon gate and all that stuff but it was that sort of thing um but i thought kenny omega getting the win here makes sense uh you don't want kenny omega to be a jobber and lose all of his matches uh in aew all especially all the singles matches uh since they were highlighting single matches constantly in this match oh yeah um because that was the story i guess if shima wins kenny omega if shima wins then it Kenny was like, Omega is 0 and 2. Yeah, then Kenny Omega is 0 and 2 in a singles match. Yeah. Um, which would have been bad because then we got. But the win, this win makes sense. Kenny Omega getting the victory over Shima makes sense. You got John Moxley at all out in August 31st. So you got to lead to, you know, lead to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever, whatever happens, happens, I guess. Yeah. Should we move on to our last match? Yeah, let's do it. That was the tag, the dream tag team match of the Young Bucks versus the Brotherhood. The Young Bucks ended up defeating the Brotherhood, Cody and Dustin Rhodes. 31-minute match and 25 seconds. Uh, a long-ass match. They ended up winning with the Meltzer driver. Mikey, thoughts on this matchup? Way too long. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Way too long. Should have cut down five minutes. Maybe you could have had your promo at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they tried to fit in a lot in that match. Uh, and the pacing was off, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Which is upsetting, especially since three out of four of these competitors are the executive vice presidents and should know how much time they have. You know, like, yeah. you look at All In when, like, the six-man... Dr- tag match of young bucks and coda versus Rey mysterio bandito and uh last guy can't remember wherever it is whoever it is don't remember uh but when they had to quickly like run through that match because they were out of time here they just didn't care apparently because they were already like oh we're already over whatever this match should have been way shorter way way shorter um yeah. uh it was fine you know the build didn't quite get me there excitement wise and i was fine with it i gave it 2.75 stars and i want to talk about quickly about like i talked about good technical and bad technical um and not to say that this match had bad technical qualities to it but this match got hurt because of the brotherhood's wrestling style 
right? Yeah. Going back to the SCU Lucha Bros match, the Young Bucks are Flash. They are a lot of Flash. They're getting more, they're adding more substance into the repertoire, but they are a lot of Flash in the Young Bucks, which is why that ladder match would be great for them. Here, what the match was is just was Cody and Dustin slowing down the Young Bucks and going doing limb targeting. It's sort of like yeah. It's sort of like it's, it was flash versus substance. <laughs> it, it was sort of like the Adam Page match, right? Where the young bucks couldn't do their flashier moves because they were getting limbed targeted over and over again. Mm-hmm. So the match to me was like, what makes a young bucks match exciting to me is the flash. Is that they can do a lot of that flash. You know, them against Lucha Bros is exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. them against Boy and his dinosaur would be amazing. Uh, but like when you start slowing down the Young Bucks and doing technical stuff, I start getting a little bit bored because uh, technical matches can be exciting. But if they are hurting, if if they're hurting your opponent's stuff that gets them over, it gets boring to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. What was your meatball rating here, Mikey? Uh, I gave this match a uh, 2.5. It was just fine. Yeah. Um, Young Bucks winning here makes sense. Uh, obviously, didn't get a promo here. I was suspecting that Dustin was going to retire following this match, and maybe that's what the promo could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounded like the Young Bucks are going for a, hey, sure, it was in the spirit of competition, but we're still friends. But I, I hate I hate that. I, I, I get it. Do that on BT afterwards, right? Yeah. Do that later. Don't do it on the show. You're already over. You should know what time you're at. Like mm-hmm. you're you've been got you all have been wrestling for years. Some of you, Dustin, have been wrestling for decades. You should know how much time you have left in the show and how much you need to cut on the flash on the t- on on you know in the moment. Uh, you should you should be experienced enough that like. Let's we need to cut this stuff. But yeah, other than that, fine show. Overall, Mikey, top down, thoughts on the show after running all through, thoughts on the whole show. Thoughts on it Fight was, for the Fallen. It was decent. It wasn't terrible. Uh wasn't anything mind blowing. Uh unless you count Luchasaurus, but otherwise nothing really mind blowing. If you could put the three shows in order, double or nothing, Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest, not that's not in particular order. But if you can put those three shows in order of best to worst in your opinion, what would that be? I think it's just double or nothing fighter fest, fight for the fall. Just straight up chronological. I think so. I may I have think, to I agree. think I think it went from best to not I think I think it went the, the quality went down, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's not saying that this show is bad. This show no. was no, 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 no. This not show was all. like meh to good, where Fighter Fest was good and Double or Nothing was amazing. Yeah. Are we maybe coming off of the high that is AEW? Maybe. I think the issue was that Double or Nothing set such a high bar. True. And we were like, wow, this is what it's going to be. This is going to be incredible. This is what everything, every pay-per-view is going to be like, you know? And then, like, the other two were like, eh. Keep in mind, I'm sort of thinking this show is sort of like Road 2 shows, whereas all were like Double or Nothing and All Out are your big pay-per-views. Like, yeah. I'm sort of seeing these shows as, like, what the TVs are going to be like. So, yeah, we're heading on over to All Out. 
Mikey, I guess the only matches we have announced so far, of course, Adam Page versus Chris Jericho for the title. Um, probably, I assume, Dark Order versus Best Friends. Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros in a ladder match. Um, what else have we got? Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. Maybe That's Awesome Kong fun. versus Aja Kong. Those are the matches I'm pretty sure that we have set up or setting up in moments. Thoughts on All Out? Are you excited? Are you ready for it? I am very excited still. Uh, I, I'm actually very... I'm actually still in the camp of I'm excited for this title match. Good. I'm glad you are, because I am fully out, and Young Bucks and he'll win me back. <laughs> um, I'm still excited for this title match. I, do, I, am, I am under the suspicion that they're going to Roman Reigns Hangman Page, but um, I am okay with that as long as they have good storylines for him going forward. Mm-hmm. Because as much as fast as this push is, I do think, I mean, it makes sense to me because you only have so much time before TV starts. And I think once TV starts, you need that star power in somebody. Mm -hmm. So they were going to, whether it was Hangman Page or the Buck, they're going to, they were going to have to push someone to the moon very quickly. I'm interested to see what would have changed if the Pac match could have happened. Me too. Uh, and that and that alternate universe where the Pac match did happen at Double or Nothing. I am interested to see how this all would have played out. Yeah. Um, but obviously they did not happen, and we are left with the storyline we're left with, which is fine. Maybe it could have been better with Pac. Who knows? But uh, until All Out, um, where can people find us, Mikey, uh, for our normal shows? You can find us for our normal shows anywhere. You can find podcasts. That's fair. Uh, What's our normal show called? It's called Hit the Books. Hit the Books. It is where we... we, we what do we do, Mikey? We, uh, we are realistic fantasy booking. We book an episode of SmackDown Live every single week because uh, we think we can do it better than WWE, so we're putting our money where our mouth is. Yeah, because everyone complains. Why not we? Why not do it then? So we do it. Yeah, yeah. Mike drop boy. Uh, oh. You can follow us on Twitter at Hit the Books Pod, and you can see more about that show there and listen to wherever you get podcasts. Like Mikey says, um, you can also. It's also on this YouTube channel, uh, which is playing this episode. Uh, our pilot spinoff show of System Check, where we preview or I preview um, AEW's events. So when All Out happens August 31st, expect another system check around that date or, you know, before that date. So until next time, until I guess All Out or maybe SummerSlam or whatever the next pay-per-view we decide to review. Until then, have a nice day.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 